Let's check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. And Vaughn, I know you don't leave the house very much, but just wondering, are there a lot of Halloween decorations in your neighborhood? Uh, Yeah, there's a fair amount, although, you know, Victoria tends to have a 20-year lag uh, to the rest of civilization, so maybe not as many here in the city. Um, as in some of the suburbs, but when I go for a walk uh, outside the city, yeah, I'm starting to see these uh, huge displays. I, I I had no idea there was a Star Wars Halloween theme. Neither did inflatable I. out there. Um, <laughs> but there's like four or five of them because this person found them all, and they're all yeah, on the front lawn yeah. there. Hey, how about an inflatable BC legislature horror uh, scenario? <laughs> there's one nice. for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, couldn't resist. I know. And you know what? With good reason, though, because we'll start with this story since you brought it up. But what happened yesterday with the so-called debate over the new FOI legislation, I mean, that was awful. Yeah. So, you know, governments use their majorities to pass stuff all the time, and they're always accused of using their majorities to steamroller stuff. And sometimes they do. Um, the, the difference with what happened here, Simi, is that... Usually, in my experience, when governments bring the legislative majority in and pass the legislation and go forward with it, they usually take some time to explain why they're doing it. Uh, They will provide a rationale for the legislation. They will stand up and say, this is why we think it's necessary, and we've heard the critics, but we think the critics are wrong. In this case, the New Democrats didn't do that. Uh, Their theme was the one uh, identified by the premier last week. Who cares? They just rammed it through. They didn't address any of the objections raised by the independent watchdog on information and privacy, Michael McAvoy. Any of the objections raised by the critics didn't even explain why, with a legislature committee appointed to review changes in the legislation, they didn't send their legislation to that committee for scrutiny. They just put it through. We've got the votes. We don't care what you think. They just did it. I got the sense last week that, you know, maybe they were feeling the pressure a little bit. But Vaughn, after yesterday, then, do you think, no, they did not hear any of that? No. Now, this is second reading. So it's the, it's... (laughs) You're going to love this. It's the official term is approval in principle. So in principle, they support this without explaining it. There is still to come a phase of debate, which will happen over the next couple of weeks somewhere in there. Government decides when, where the legislation is scrutinized clause by clause. And the opposition gets more leeway to stand up there and ask questions like, what does this mean? What does this mean? So we may still get a rationale laid out through that long process. But... What I mainly see here is a a government just doesn't care on this one. They're going to do it. Um, Yesterday afternoon, after they did it, there's an open letter came out from 20 fairly prominent groups in British Columbia, civil liberties, BC uh, General Employees uh, Union, the one representing government workers, Union of BC Indian Chiefs, Democracy Watch, a pretty broad range. Uh, The Independent Business and Contractors Association. This is not a bunch of people that are normally ideological allies. All saying the same thing. Pull this legislation. Deal with the concerns about it. You're undermining one of the accomplishments of the New Democrats in office in the 1990s, which was what was then regarded 
as Canada's landmark access to information and protection of privacy legislation. That's the bill they're gutting here. That's what John Horgan's government is doing. That is such a tough one. And you think with all the discussion, you know, you know people complaining about it over the last week that maybe they heard something, but I don't know. Clearly, don't, it doesn't don't see seem any like sign they did. Of it yeah. yet, but uh, I guess one can always hope that uh, at some point uh, they'll get up and at least explain themselves. And it would be nice if they addressed point by point the objections raised by the watchdog, Michael McAvoy, who, again, is one of the architects of this legislation. All right, so more to come on that one. Let's talk about the health briefing from yesterday, too, because we learned a lot about this whole booster shot rollout program. Yeah, we learned quite a bit yesterday. And, you know, uh, let's see. There was a PowerPoint, a technical briefing, a media Q&A in the technical briefing, then a public briefing, then a media Q&A in that. So the whole thing ran over two hours. Um, what do you want to know, Simi? I, <laughs> I think He's I can remember everything they told us. Okay. It, was, it wasn't one of those days where one could fairly complain that they hadn't at least addressed the issue. Okay, so let's start with the optional issue. These are optional, not mandatory. Yeah, so boosters for everyone, and I know you've got the minister on. I, I, I don't, it, they tried to explain why British Columbia hasn't moved as quickly on this as some other provinces. So the explanation we got was, well, first of all, we have the priority groups, so long-term care, people medically compromised, and so forth. As I understand it, I'll use myself as an example, I got my second dose in July, so uh, and I'm 70 years old, so around the time uh, of six months past, so say January, I'll get a notification saying if you want, you know, come and get your second dose. Uh, Dr. Henry was asked about boosters for everyone. She said they will be available, but they're not necessarily recommended for everyone. It's really your choice. If you're older, like me, if you have medical issues, uh, yes, by all means, vulnerable seniors, vulnerable people, yes, you should get the dose, but the science isn't clear yet that everyone needs it. So there is a choice issue mm-hmm. for part of the population but they swore up and down there'll be plenty of vaccine to the end of the year for the people that are going to get vaccinated up to that. And vaccines are already ordered for the new year. So vaccine shortage will not be the issue. Right. Okay. And if those of us who got two, say, AstraZeneca shots, we're going to get a Pfizer or Moderna shot. Is that right? Pfizer or Moderna, yes, and a lot of the issues over mixing and matching vaccines have been addressed. I mean, this is another area where the science has advanced considerably from where we stood way back in January when we were still scrambling. So on that front, a fair amount. Dr. Penny Ballum was very good on this yesterday. I mean, and there's a lot more information posted as usual on the Public Health and BC Centre for Disease Control website with sort of specific answers to specific questions. We're still waiting as well, although I think it is imminent. Uh, vaccines for the uh, for young uh, young children uh, five right. to eleven that's still going through the approval process by Health Canada but expected very soon. All right, and let's talk about healthcare workers being vaccinated. Yesterday was deadline day for that, but we yeah. still know there's what about four thousand who are not. There's about four thousand who are not, and again, it, I'm gonna, 
<laughs> there's no sign of this government blinking on this. I, I, there's been a lot of, I think, people expecting that they will. Quebec, as you know, put it off uh, because of a concern. Uh, Health Minister Adrian Dix said yesterday, uh, no, that's the rule. Uh, you'll be put on leave without pay, and there is the prospect of termination out there as well. And he said, yes, uh, it'll put some stress on the system, particularly in northern and rural British Columbia, where staffing is already low. But no blinking that I can detect, BC is pressing forward uh, with the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers on safety grounds and believing they're on solid legal ground in doing it. Right, but this could be a problem in some areas that, you know, they're already short-staffed. Yeah, it is a problem. And, you know, the Premier addressed this last week. He said, look, if, if, if people who have, with COVID-19 who are asymptomatic show up at a hospital or a long-term care facility, and it's been happening, right, they can affect, infect everyone and lead to people having to leave work as well. So it's not as if allowing the unvaccinated into healthcare places is without risks as well. So this is a risk calculation by the government. And I think, you know, their, their rationale for doing it is that you have to push on this to close that final gap on vaccination. The one area where I have questions is, have they done enough to address the legitimate concerns that you hear from people who either don't have a family doctor to go to to consult on this issue. Right. There's a lot of British Columbians. And another one that comes my way where I have sympathy, Simi, is uh, people who are pregnant or whose partners want to get pregnant. The concerns around pregnancy, I know Dr. Henry has addressed it. I think she's addressed it thoroughly. But I hear those questions again and again, and there I think you can't do enough to offer reassurance to those people that vaccines are safe. Exactly. Um, all right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Cindy.